So let's talk about lazy leadership for just a second, because it's so easy, one, just to bark orders to everyone, because you have objectives for the team, and that's what you're responsible for, is obtaining things and delivering on things that the whole team has to do. And the efficiency of just treating everybody the same is what you want. Or or you think about hiring people that you think are just like you, or everybody should just hear the messages the exact same way, no matter who it is. But all of that is just not the case. And people, different people on your team have different strengths, different weaknesses, different things they respond to. Even just how you give recognition. Some people love it in front of other people, and some people get embarrassed in front of other people. And they want it done privately. And as leaders, we continue to do things by putting people in the same box. Now, don't get me wrong, because I've always said there's three different ways you have to work on your leadership. And certainly one of those is team leadership. There has to be a higher calling the entire team responds to. There's no doubt about that. But number two is the individual leadership of what does each person on your team need? How do they learn? And number three, most importantly, don't forget about yourself. Develop your leadership skills, become a better leader. But that number two key ingredient of what does everybody need, you can't put everybody in the same box and expect the same kind of results. And that is what we're going to get into today. It's time for the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stress, and I know whether you're starting a small business, you're a solopreneur, or a leader in a large company, you need to collaborate with people. I want to help you make those collaborations fulfilling, productive, and as profitable as possible. So every Monday morning, we'll drop a new podcast episode to do just that. So let's get into today's discussion. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Let me just take a second and just say thank you so much for helping our podcast grow. We are expanding all over the place, across the country, around the world, and it means the world to us when uh, we're able to produce some some content we hope you can use to uh, work better together with other people. So this week, stop putting everybody in the same box. If it fits, it ships, right? Yeah, that's a pretty good slogan for the post office when they're trying to sell things, but it is not a good slogan when you're leading a team, trying to develop people, getting hitting goals, making sales, being profitable. Um, that's kind of important for a business. And not celebrating people's differences really gets in the way of that. There are different perspectives or different thought patterns, all of those things and how you can lead them. Because I'll bet you there's quite a few leaders listening to this podcast where if you built a company as an entrepreneur and you kind of really pick and choose who's on your team and what they bring to the table. That's one thing. But often, most of us kind of get the team we get. In other words, we don't really get to handpick everyone. And that creates a bigger challenge in how do we lead those people? Because if you have a team, you have really two, three directives, I've always said, when it comes to leadership. One, you've got to lead people one-on-one to meet them where they're at. And two, you got to have team dynamics because there has to be a higher calling for all 
all of you to aspire to, i.e. your company's vision or your department vision or whatever you're leading. And three, and most importantly, the most overlooked thing for a leader is their own self-development. So we oftentimes are just so fixated on goals and what's in front of us and the daily grind and all of that's going to happen and it's all important. Don't get me wrong. But we try to take the easy road by putting everybody in it together. And so just we want everybody to be the same because it's just easier for us to do rather than really digging in to what we need to do. I mean, you think about lemmings. You always hear the story about lemmings, birds. They just follow each other wherever they go. They just they'll walk off a cliff together if they're not paying attention. Or have you ever heard that saying, do you have all your ducks in a row? Well, don't look at your team like they're a bunch of ducks. They're not the same, but ducks operate the same way. They just follow each other wherever the lead duck is going. And we have to be a little bit deeper than that in order to get what we want to we want to do. So, but you're thinking, well, wait a minute, aren't we all supposed to row the boat in the same direction if we're going to hit goals, if we're going to create a product and all those things? And the answer is yes, but it's really both because if you don't have differences of opinion or people challenging each other or people that vary in how they approach things, you're never really going to get the best out of your team. So how do we kind of mold these two things together in order to come to the, the end result we're looking for? We want to make sure that we're accomplishing things. So we can't really do that if, if we're not focused on the goal, obviously. So in, in an article in Forbes in 2018, careerbuilder.com said 58% of managers didn't receive training to actually lead people. In the book, Seven Hidden Reasons Why Employees Leave, it is believed that 89% of people leave because of pay issues, when in reality, it's only 12%. And a Harvard Business Review study recently revealed that 58% of people trust strangers more than their own boss. Can you imagine that? 58%, uh, excuse me, stranger, would you grade my work for me? I'd rather you look at it than the person I actually work for and pays me. I can't even imagine that. But yet that happens. And if, if you feel like you're kind of struggling with that, or maybe your company is, or, or you're just not sure, go back to uh, podcast episode 13, The Ultimate Gift of Leadership. Because in there, we get into how you actually build trust a little quicker than you think. And eventually you create inspired followers. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just where you get them to where they believe in you. But then you create legacy leaders. You actually create people who will follow you because they believe in you the old saying that it takes years to build trust, but only seconds to break it. And honestly, it only takes seconds to build trust. You think about all the thousands of interactions you have with people in the course of weeks and months and how you respond and how you're open and how you're you're helping them. All of those signals build a response code to show how engaged you are with them and how you're willing to help them or not, or you're turning them off. And maybe you are creating part of that 58% that would rather have a stranger grade their work than somebody who works for them. Also in uh, January of this past year, 2021, an article of eight employee engagement statistics you need to know in 2021 uh, in a survey of 600 U.S. businesses ranked 50 to 500 people that work there showed that 63.3% of companies say retaining employees is is harder than hiring them. Because So what do you think the, the leadership of those places are going to do of the path of least resistance or trying? 
trying to build their team up and where their frustration is going to be of trying to get work done and hit goals and, and sales and profitability and all those things when they know in the back of their mind, or maybe they don't know, just the study knows, but if they ever figure it out that 63% say it's easier just to hire people than to keep people. And that right there tells you that, that no matter what your job is, your profession is leadership, how important that is. If 63% are saying, I, I, I would just rather hire somebody new and start over than develop somebody long-term. That to me says there's a huge gap in leadership training and how to deal with teams and people individually if that's going on. Also, 71% of executives say employee engagement is critical to company success. And, and, I would hope so. I totally believe that. I, I would actually, I would hope that'd be a little higher than 71%, but 71% say it's critical employee engagement. But yet at the same time, 69% of employees say they would actually work harder if they were appreciated more. So what is the gap there? If so many businesses really believe employee engagement is critical to their success, yet almost the same percentage is telling you, hey, over here, see me? I would actually work harder if you gave me some recognition. So how how does the gap happen if you have two sides clearly at opposite ends? When you just focus on the behaviors you want out of people, you actually start seeing more of that. And that's there's a couple of different things of that. First, you, you constantly talk about what you want, but more importantly, you reward it when you see it. And if you give your people a steady diet of that, that's where they're going to gravitate toward. And I always use this example, and I know it's more of a man thing, but throwing a football in the house, right? Or a Frisbee or whatever, and you're getting ready to throw it across the living room. And you're constantly saying to yourself, don't hit the lamp, don't hit the lamp, don't hit the lamp. And as soon as you throw the ball, it goes straight to the lamp because that's what you're thinking about. It's kind of that kind of psychology of get, you know, just talking about what you want to get what you want. And if you would do more of that, the, the bad behaviors actually would start to subside all by themselves because here's the thing. And you think about Simon Sinek's Infinite Game, which is... Uh, an amazing book and, and a great perspective on how to look at it. But no matter how much of an infinite game you play, you do have an, a finite amount of time. You can't manufacture more time. There's only so many days in a week, so many hours in a day and so on. So how are you going to spend that time? And if you are constantly rewarding and talking about the behaviors you want, that's where your team's going to go. They will go where you lead them. They absolutely will do that. I remember uh, uh, a seminar I don't even want to call it a seminar or workshop, whatever, that uh, Donald Miller was giving where he simply just picked up the microphone and told the entire room, meet me outside on the sidewalk. And they didn't question it. They just got up, left the auditorium, went to the sidewalk, and he just proved to them right then and there, your team will go where you send them. So that's what you want to focus on in order to start filling that gap. But it's not just sending them of, of the directives of what you want to accomplish. Of course, that's important, but thinking about the behaviors, the daily behaviors and decisions you want to see out of your team, whether it's a service level, whether it's the way they interact with each other, whether it's the way they um, deal with a problem that they're displaying the right behaviors you're looking for so you can get out of them what you need. So you've got two competing forces here. You can't treat everybody the same way, but you got to get everybody on the same page, rowing the boat the same way. So how do you have a balanced box? Because we have to produce, you know, we have to hit numbers. We have to be profitable, all those things we have to execute, but everyone also needs to matter. So how do you 
you do that? So let's begin at the beginning um, where people came from, how they were raised. And you're thinking, hey, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not going to sit up on my couch in my office and tell me about your childhood. But in a sense, you'd be amazed at what you would learn if you just simply ask them about their life experience, uh, where they came from, how they were raised. You know, tell me some tough things you went through and kind of really gain their perspective. You know, if you think of somebody who's really a, a miser with with uh, company expenses, but then you find out later that they grew up poor and every penny mattered and they always wore hand-me-down clothes and they're just afraid of ever going back there. It's just things like that or their kid experience. You know, do they play on team sports? Do they play in individual sports or do they play nothing at all where they never involved in groups and maybe maybe your work team is the first true group they've ever been on all of those things give you some great insight now there's some big ones obviously when you think about their education background um certainly certainly their ethnicity gender race all those competing forces of where they're coming from the perspectives they've had or maybe previous teams they've been on and how they've been led and and you you probably know this if you're in a company where they've moved you around and now you're leading a different team that that you kind of get what you get. It's you know, it's really not that team's fault how they were led before. And so often as managers, we go into a situation and we just like, oh, I can't believe they don't do this. Or they don't do that. And you're trying to just change everything um, or you get hired in a new company doing the same thing, but you don't even know how they were led before you walked in the door. So how can you legitimately look at them and say, oh, it's all their fault? So that's how you got to work through some things, but you can't do any of that kind of stuff unless you kind of ask, unless you start digging in and st- you start wondering. These are just casual conversations over time. Maybe after some time, you can have te- more team meetings with maybe five, six people where everybody shares across a table. I wouldn't do that immediately because people will just be too shy to do it. But after a while, you can do stuff like that. Or think about this. What type of work do they gravitate toward? Think about Patrick Lanchoni and the table groups working genius. Do they like rallying the team? Do they like solving a problem? Do they like creating a solution? Do they want to see a project through to the end? A lot of people just don't like certain things. They're not good at them and they're frustrations. And if you don't really dig into some of those things, um, you, you find out you got a lot of people being something they're just not and they're faking it and the whole saying fake it till you make it is garbage i i i I cringe every time i hear that saying because i know it's patently false and people just don't work that way i mean you know when you talk about digging in and finding your folks that's really the first step finding out where they're at what they like to do what they're good at because those are the things that are down the road going to contribute to the projects you have contribute to how the team is functioning together because at some point something's going to get i love to use this word it's going to get all cattywampus things are to fall apart. Um, something's going to happen. I think we learned all that in 2020 for, for many people. Can't go to the office. Got to do you know work remotely. How do you how do you really keep your, your team together when they're not together? I'm hoping this gets back to really where it was because I really believe humans were built for community. I don't, I don't think you can really rally a team when they're never in the same room together. I think what you wind up having is just a bunch of hired guns. So really dig in and find out who they are and why they are the way they are. It sounds like a lot of work, but it really isn't. And you want to go back to the beginning stat about why aren't more people in the workforce trusting of their boss. This is an amazingly great way to start building those bridges, not just in the work, but as a human person, just a human being. Just do you see me as a person or somebody who can just crank out a bunch of work and make you look good? So that's that's the first thing you really got to dig into. So the second thing is, is now we've got that. So we got a better understanding of the person. And I would assume 
you have an already good understanding of your own company or you probably wouldn't be a leader there. So how do you combine that? How do we have one box or why don't we? Well, let's be honest about something here. As a leader, it's just easy. It's just easy, one standard behavior for everybody. Everybody's the same. I talk to everybody the same. I don't really meet them where they're at. Like you think about Ken Blanchard's situational leadership where your leadership style matches where they are, not just in their entire job, but based on a particular project or, or it could be a new software program, could be anything, but you're meeting them where they're at. Are you doing those things? But it's just easier not to do it. Or how about this? I explained everything. Why doesn't everybody think like me? Why can't they see what I'm saying? Why can't they just get it? Well, one of the things, if you've ever read the book called Winning with Accountability by Henry Evans, the first thing is, are you clear on two things before anything? Who owns what? And are you crystal clear and what you're looking for. That is a great book and a great resource for you to dig into for sure, Winning with Accountability with Henry Evans. So that's kind of a uh, non-commercial commercial error, but definitely it's, you can literally read that book in 90 minutes and get some really, really big clarity on a lot of things like that. So, or you think about people are confused about what level they're on. And what I mean by that is you think about our, our last week's show, The Leadership Pendulum. The Leadership Pendulum, based on are you conversing with folks based on where they're at. So in other words, are they on the execution level? Are they on the visionary level near the top? Or are they in the middle management, the bridge level that keeps those two things together, that keeps the vision and the execution uh, phases on the same page? So it's a lot of times we just get confused on where we're at with that kind of thing. So, so towing the corporate line, that's another good one. Monkey see, monkey do is what I call it. So you get some directives from top line leadership and it just filters down and it's monkey see, monkey do. And there's just a difference, like I said, in the in the leadership pendulum, we're in the vision stage versus the execution stage. They're just not the same place. And to get people to buy in, people on the execution level are never going to buy in as much as the people on the vision level because they just live in two different worlds. They have two different things that are stopping them from trying to do all the things they want to do. So that bridge level, which is the leaders, us, kind of got to keep that together. So it's just too easy to say, oh, well, you know, this is what the company wants. Just do that. Keep your head down. Keep quiet. Keep going. I'll tell you when to stop. All that kind of stuff. And that is not good for anybody really on the team. But that's an easy way of doing stuff. So how do we, you know, knowing all of these things, not turn people into robots either? So how, the big question for us as leaders is how do we serve them better? How do we lead better? If everyone is thinking alike, somebody is not thinking. And that's a great quote from General Patton back in World War II, that there's got to be diversity of thought. There's no way you can grow without different thinking um, in, in your organization. I mean, you always have to bring people back to the core values and the center of beliefs and all that kind of stuff. But if you don't have different ways of looking at things, different perspectives, it, you're never going to get what you want. And the first thing you got to do, leaders go first, you got to start with you. So when you're thinking about what you're trying to accomplish, whether you're putting goals out there, whether you want the team to be doing certain things. Do you look in the mirror before you look out the window? In other words, do you look at you before you look at your team? And are you realistic? Are you doing things you're asking them to do? And I don't mean the day-to-day -day work grind. I mean how they're doing it, how they treat a customer, how they treat product, how they interact with each other. Are you mirroring those things? It can't be, this is what you do and this is what I do and we have different core values. That's not going to work. You got to have the same things and you got to talk about those things all the time. So speaking of that, when you think about values and 
daily behaviors and decisions. You got to have something that's above all of you. So I hope that you have a company that has a really rock solid vision and mission statement that makes sense. It's clear, easy to understand. People know it and they just live it because that's really what brings people together is that higher level. In a sense, you think about just about the United States having a, having a constitution. And when that's violated, it should feel like it's violated for everybody. So in other words, the very first one, freedom of speech. If somebody doesn't have it, we really all don't have it. And that's a higher thing than just an individual or, or even a group of people that really binds a community. Well, your company should have something similar to that, that no matter what, that could be a take care of the customer thing. It could be everything stops if something's wrong with the product and we fix it. Different levels of people have the ability to stop a production line if something's out of whack. All those kind of things. There's got to be a higher calling to, to what the individuals and yourself are focused on. Then you tap into people's strengths. Don't be afraid of keeping your authority because you think you know somebody in another department or somebody with a lot less authority all of a sudden has this amazing idea and you think you're going to be replaced tomorrow because their idea really did save the company a ton of money or really did get some recognition with a customer or, or something like that, that you're just afraid of what's going to happen. So tap into their strengths, no matter what their job position is, but what they're good at, what they bring to the team. You got, you got somebody who's not the manager, but is actually better at rallying people together than you because so often we think, well, if you're the leader of the, the company, I mean, even a CEO might not actually be a person who's good at rallying people and inspiring people. Maybe they're just a good, deep business thinker. And it needs to be okay that somebody else on that team is the rally person. So you really want to just break that up. So instead of putting your team in a box, what you really need to be doing is sharing your vision, mission, and strategy and getting the daily behaviors and decisions all together. And the reason I say that, and it doesn't even matter if you, you just run one department and you have your own vision, mission, and strategy for your department. If you go back to some earlier podcasts when I talked about that, that you know, creating the, the vision, they all come from one another. So it starts with the vision. But then your mission statement becomes key ingredients of your vision statement that actually makes it true. So when you say, this is how we take care of a customer, create a product or treat each other on a team, that's from the vision. But now it's just a core belief and a core value. The strategy comes from the mission statement where you basically take some some key identities in your mission statement and say, this is who we are, that we turn them into an action behavior we do each and every day that supports that. And that's where you start bringing the team together because that doesn't have anything to do with how somebody thinks of things or if they're an introvert or an extrovert, they can all rally around that. So there's a couple podcasts that I've already had that can really help you with a lot of these things. So when you think about the first thing you need to do is really build the culture table, really set the expectations. So the vision, mission, and strategy was our second podcast. So you can go back and listen to that. So it was setting the culture table, like really explaining to your team how you're going to, what they expect. If you think about going to a five-star restaurant and making the reservation to getting there, to being seated, to appetizers, main course, how you're treated, the dessert, all that kind of stuff. And then later on, leaving a great review for the restaurant, which you want to think about, you know, you as a leader, are you getting feedback from your team telling you how you're doing and how the experience was, all that kind of stuff. And setting the culture table to really dig into that. And then four ways to build a great work culture can really help you with building the team up and getting them all together on the things they need to be doing on a higher level 
so you can really lead them no matter what your goal is, no matter what your objective is. So stop trying to put everybody in the same box. People are human. They are all different. So you need to be working on a couple of different things. One, just shake off of that mentality that everybody's going to be the same, that it's easier. Remember the fact that although most companies, I'm sure all of you would agree, or you wouldn't be listening to, to leadership podcasts, that it probably should be more than 71% of businesses believe employee engagement is critically important. But yet, why is it 69% of people say they would work harder if they were appreciated? We can't believe both. You can't think this is important. And then the same amount of your team isn't getting the recognition or they're ready to bail on you. Number two, really go on a discovery of who your people are, where they come from, what they think, why they think the way they think. Get their perspective because you're doing a couple things. One, it is kind of, I don't know if selfish is the right word, but you're thinking about, you're, you're digging into them. You're getting to know them. So that helps you lead them better. You can meet them where they're at. But while you're doing that, you're actually building a, a tremendous amount of trust with them because you're interested in them as a person. And that will build something faster than even working on a project together that's work-related. When you see them as a human being. Again, go back to that 69% of people don't think they get any recognition or they're not appreciated. Imagine what happens when you know about their hobbies, when you know about how they think of things and you bring that up before you bring the work up and how different that is. So third, you bring the team together. You have a higher calling because you've done the groundwork. You've built the trust you've laid the expectations down. So now when it comes to getting work done, when it comes to achieving things, when it comes to talking about problems of how can you create more revenue? How can you create more uh, profitability? How can you have more productivity? It, almost a hidden measurement. And now a lot of the bad behaviors, gossiping, backstabbing, a lot of those things are disappearing or just uncertainty or lack of trust kills productivity. And you can start getting a lot more ownership out of people when when they feel recognized, when you've built trust with them. So those podcasts can help you do that as well. But those are the three things you need to do is really understand not putting them in a box, getting to know them, building the trust and having that higher calling. So you don't have to worry about putting people in the same box because all of you now are working toward a higher cause. And that is a pretty good box to be in. Thank you so much for joining me for another show. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and start up your own discussions on the topic of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. And check out the links in the show notes and give us a rating so we know how we're doing and five stars would be pretty sweet. So until next week, remember, you know you have to get work done with other people, but how you get done work with other people is entirely up to you.